you are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. Let's get together and talk some TCU athletics. It's Friday, March 19th. Appreciate you tuning in today. Uh, a lot of things going on in the world of TCU sports. We have TCU baseball. They're starting a weekend series this evening against Louisiana College, um, and that game is going to be on the road, so a little road series before Big 12 play starts. And I'm really curious um, to see you know, how this team kind of bounces back after that tough weekend against Gonzaga at home. And if, if you're not familiar with Louisiana, they used to be called Louisiana Lafayette, and then they just decided to change it. They're the Raging Cajuns. I don't know why they changed it. Um, but they did. So they just go by Louisiana and that's who they are. But I still call them Louisiana Lafayette because that's what I've called them or heard them be, uh, be called for most of my life. And they have this last non-conference series before they start conference play. So we'll touch on that a little bit at some point. We'll also continue our sort of positional breakdowns as spring football rolls along. But I wanted to start today with uh, TCU football is holding their pro day today. And exciting time. Um, there's no in-person combine this year. So these pro days are really the best chance for these athletes and these prospects to shine. Gary Patterson and some players are going to speak, um, after the pro day this afternoon. And I'm hoping to have that audio for you on Monday. I got approved to at least sort of monitor and listen to that session. So, um, hopefully I can, you know, get that downloaded and, and have some of those cuts for you on Monday's show. But, this is going to be a really good opportunity. You know, Trayvon Merrick is obviously like pretty much, it seems like he could be a lock it down first round pick. I think he could um, go some ways in solidifying that today if he puts on a good showing. But he's rising up draft boards quickly. Maybe he falls into the second round regardless. It feels like he's going to be a day one or a day two guy. The players I think today could be really important for, one is Garrett Wallow. Because if you turn on the film, I mean, Garrett is an absolute monster, and we all know that. He was the leader of that defense. He makes plays in the backfield, physical, gets downhill. Um, I mean, he's a linebacker in the Gary Patterson era, which means he made all the tackles, but he's got speed sideline to sideline. He's a fairly versatile player, and I mean, I think at the very least, and this is this is sort of like the floor for him, I, I feel like Garrett could be a – really really good contributor for a team uh, an NFL team on special teams right like running down on kickoffs running down on punts uh, making sure tackles I certainly think he could do that but I also feel like he can play linebacker in the NFL he, he's a little bit undersized however the way the game is trending like I don't know if I really want big old school you know, middle linebackers. I, I mean, I want guys that can fly to the football. Yes, I, I need players that are strong and can take on blocks and shed blocks, but I need fast, physical football players that can meet people behind the line of scrimmage. And Garrett does a really good job of that. He'll have to work on his coverage skills uh, at the next level, but, you know, him and a lot of other college linebackers, it's pretty rare that you see a linebacker in college, especially at that sort of middle inside position that is uh, doing a good job covering running backs out of the backfield and that sort of thing. So today can be big for him. Ardarius Washington is another guy along with Trayvon Merrick who's getting a lot of love in the draft process. I think when people turn on the tape, they see that he brings the wood. He's going to come up and make make big plays and make tackles. I've heard I've heard him compared to Bob Sanders a few times. 
uh, which I think is an interesting and really good comparison. So this will be an important day for him to sort of confirm what people are, are, are seeing on film and, um, you know, just what you can do with him, how he's, he's versatile. You can play him in center field. He can match up with somebody one-on-one or he can come up and make sure tackles behind the line of scrimmage or uh, prevent those big yard after catch plays because he's able to, to make plays in, in space and in the open field. But finally, I, I think today who, who could benefit the most is Pro Wells. And Pro Wells is one of those players that it was frustrating. And I'm not putting this frustration on him. It, it just, it always seemed like, man, this guy looks like, and looks like a monster. Like you can see the potential. It, it feels like he's someone that can go over the middle and make big plays. He only had 32 receptions in his career. A lot of them were in the red zone. I mean, he was a good red zone target. And they found ways to give him the ball. He had his best game maybe ever against uh, against Kansas this year. Caught a couple touchdown passes. They they never really unlocked who I, who I thought pro could be though, as far as just a big threat in the passing game. But he's got the physical frame. I mean, he's over six feet tall. He's two hundred and fifty pounds. He runs well. He's tough to tackle. Uh, you you've seen him make plays in space before. He's somebody that can get the ball and, and make things happen. And if he does well in these pro days and in these interviews, uh, pro to me feels like a guy or seems like a, a, the type of player that someone could just kind of fall in love with from the workout and talking to him and say, hey, I'm going to give this guy a chance. I mean, it, it would be a late-round pick situation, uh, maybe an undrafted free agent situation. But if he can get in a camp and show a team what he can do, and then um, I think Pro could have a chance to make it just with his, his physical makeup and his ability and his talent. It's just a matter of putting things together and, and getting the ball. And I don't know how much of that was scheme. Obviously, one of those years, Max was a true freshman, and I think he was trying to just figure out how to play college ball and run an offense. Last season, they went through a stretch of four or five games where they didn't really throw the ball at all. So... I understand why his numbers are down. I, I totally get why a team would just look at that and say, well, why even bother, you know, being interested in this guy? But his his physical ability is is really impressive. And I, I think if he can show um, some quickness at the pro day today and show an ability to be an inline blocker and someone who can catch passes and make plays, then Pro Wells is somebody who you could hear called on day three, uh, and some NFL team will be like, or NFL team fan base will be like, well, who's this guy? Well, maybe it's a name you should know because I do think if he gets in a camp, he, he could be someone that could pop for, for a team. All right, coming up next, let's talk some more TCU sports. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about betonline.ag. It starts today, guys. NCAA tournament, it starts right now, um, this afternoon. So why don't you try to make some money? I know TCU's not in it, and you might be kind of down on watching it this year because of a disappointing basketball season. Well, make it more interesting for yourself. Go to betonline.ag, sign up today, use the promo code LOCKEDON, get a 20% sign-up bonus, and start betting, start wagering, start making some money on these lines, on these over-unders. Lee Sterling 
from Paramount Sports. He runs this. He's the one giving out all the advice. He is a longtime Vegas veteran. He knows what he's doing. He knows how this works. He knows where the value is. BetOnline.ag gets signed up today. Welcome back to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Stephen Simcox here with you. Let's talk some TCU football as spring ball is starting. And let's start uh, going through our positional breakdowns on Wednesday. We talked about wide receiver and quarterback. And today I want to focus on the running backs. <laughs> My main objective for the offseason for TCU football with running backs is find out who your guy is. And I, I think I know who it is. I feel like Zach Evans is uh, should be their number one running back. He should, be the, he should be the one starting, and he should be the one getting the bulk of the carries. You saw towards the end of the year um, how he just exploded for some big runs. Had over 100 yards against Louisiana Tech, over 100 yards against Kansas. On the season, 54 carries for 415 yards. Darwin Barlow had 73 carries for 428 yards. And I like Darwin. I think he's a good player. Their leading rusher last year was actually Max Duggan, which I guess is not super surprising because he had an 80-yard touch. I mean, he, he was running the ball like crazy. And he's a, a very, very mobile and good rushing, running quarterback. I don't want to take that, at, that uh, avenue away from the offense. But I'd like to see your running backs get more of a kind of – workload throughout the season more consistent workload barlow led the team in carries with 73 at 428 zach evans almost had 20 less carries and he had 415 so you see the explosiveness that evans brings um and then kendra miller was actually someone who carried them sort of early in the year he had 54 carries for 388 yards amari di mercado 46 carries 199 yards to markway foster 22 carries for 72 yards and all these guys bring different um kind of abilities to the team zach evans is strong and that's the biggest thing that stood out to me his freshman year i i knew he had speed and explosiveness but really it's the ability to get those tough yards to turn a negative two yard run into a four yard run or to break through a tackle and get in the open field and uh, score a touchdown or to get a first down on third and two when it doesn't really look like there's much there. He's strong, he's physical, and he does have that home run speed, that home run ability that you look for uh, with running backs. Darwin Barlow is shifty and fast and wants to get to the outside and make plays on the edge and get to the next level, and he's really good at that. Miller is more like Evans. I mean, he's a hard between-the-tackles runner. And in that Texas game, he was their best running back. I think in, against West Virginia, he was their best running back. But to me, Evans is the guy that has the, the most potential, obviously. He's a five-star recruit. He was at one time the number one um, recruit in the nation. And he's the player that I believe can unlock this offense and take it to another level. So that's who I want to see get the most carries. And then compliment him with – you know, Barlow or Miller or even Di Mercado, who has been there for a long time and is is a good running back, um, solid. You know he's not going to hurt you. But but Evans is the, is the key to this uh, to this offense for me. He's the player that, along with Quentin Johnston, can give them a dimension that they just really haven't had the last couple of years, which is explosive plays. 
The other thing I'm interested to see with, uh, you know, um, Doug Meacham and Jerry Kill taking over this offense is what do they settle on as their identity? They really loved running the football last year. In total, I, I ran down all those stats, and that's a lot of guys that got carries. As a team, they rushed for 2,147 yards in 10 games. So you're looking at almost 210 yards a game, which is pretty impressive. I mean, that's that's good. That's taking it to somebody. And teams knew that they were going to run the football because that sort of became who they were later in the year. And then against Oklahoma State and La Tech, you saw them open the passing game back up again, which was a welcome sight. If you want to be a smash mouth, run it down the other team's throat type of team, that's I mean, that's a way to play. But you better make sure that your offensive line and your backs are ready to run and ready to go and, and can accomplish that. I, I just I don't feel like if your quarterback is your most explosive runner and your best runner, unless you're going to transition to more of a an option veer type scheme, which we know they're not. I don't know how effective that's going to be. And I struggle to think about how you're going to beat the good teams in this league doing that. But they're really talented at this spot. They're really talented at this running back position. And the other the other thing I'd love to see happen this season is get these guys more involved in the passing game, right? Because... They tried to get Evans the ball in space from time to time, but it never really – it felt very disjointed. I know, you know, one of those games they ran like a seam route to him, um, and it just – it didn't work. It, it, it never clicked like you thought it would, but getting these players involved in the passing game and doing it more than just, okay, let's run a little swing pass out to Barlow here and see if he can make a move on this safety and then get to the next level and get seven or eight yards – those are nice extensions of your running game, but that's all. those are also things that, you know, everyone does. It doesn't take much creativity. It's, it's not really pushing the boundaries and thinking outside the box and putting a lot of pressure on the defense other than to make tackles in space. So get the ball to these guys um, with chances to get yards after the catch. That's going to be huge. Uh, I feel like you could argue, I mean, Deuce Vaughn, great running back. Uh, Oklahoma State has a great running back group. But as far as talent goes, I mean, I'd put TCU's talent at this position up against just about anybody in the conference. It's just a matter of, I believe, settling on who is your who's your player, who's your workhorse guy, who's going to get the bulk of the carries. And I hope that in 2021 that's Zach Evans. But I know a lot of that's going to depend on, you know, the focus and the drive and the mentality and practice. And Zach was a dude who had to sit out a lot of practice early last season because of COVID protocols. But once he finally got on the field – you could see why they were excited about him. So that's your running back group. Uh, starting on Monday, we'll start breaking down the offensive line and some of these defensive positions as spring ball starts to continue on. Gary Patterson is supposed to speak to the media this afternoon, so I'll hopefully have some of that for you on Monday. But right now, let's uh, wrap up the week and talk some TCU baseball. Before we do that, though, let's discuss Built Bar. So yesterday, I get a shipment in my mailbox from Built Bar, and that's always a good day when I get a box from them. And I look inside, and it's a new flavor, churro marshmallow. Yes, you heard that right, churro marshmallow. And I'll tell you, it is delicious. It is absolutely delicious. Uh, the coconut 
brownie bomb was my favorite before yesterday. And I'm not ready to uh, to knock it off number one yet, but this churro marshmallow built bar was delicious. Builtbar.com. You can order all those bars, get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com if you use the promo code locked on 20. Again, that's locked on 20. And as always, just so you know, it's good for you 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five carbs. So it's good for your body. It's good fuel for who, for who you are and what you're doing, your active lifestyle. Again, that's builtbar.com. Final segment, Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. And before we go here, let's break down uh, this weekend series. Just a reminder, TCU baseball, they're taking on Louisiana this weekend. And Louisiana, usually a, a very good baseball program. They're actually kind of scuffling around right now. Um, sitting just a game over 500. So uh, this could be a good opportunity for this team to get back on track. And, and you want to see this group play well heading into Big 12 play. And I'm, I'm very curious to see the results. Baylor actually, who they're going to play, they're going to play Baylor um, next weekend in their first Big 12 series. They've won 10 in a row. Now, they haven't played great competition, but they have won 10 in a row, and they're playing Texas starting tonight in a three-game set. Texas has played really well since uh, the Globe Life Classic or Globe Life Showdown um, in the opening weekend of the season. So number 10, Texas versus Baylor. I think that's going to be a good early kind of measuring stick for who's good in the Big 12, who's really for real. But tonight at 6 o'clock, tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and then Sunday at 1 o'clock. TCU and Louisiana matching up. All those games are on ESPN Plus. So if you have uh, ESPN Plus subscription, you can watch all of them. Johnny Ray should be back on the mound tonight. Marcelo Perez was back last week. I think he only pitched one inning. I would hope that his workload could go up this evening. Um, and the bullpen has to get straightened out. That was their biggest problem last week. I mean, they just could not keep leads. They had an opportunity to win both Friday's and Sunday's games, and they could not lock it down and get uh, get outs in those save situations when they needed to. But chance to bounce back against Louisiana this weekend. And again, Johnny Ray back on the mound. I don't know how long he'll be able to go because he's coming off a long pause. But we'll see when these two teams match up. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs. I'll talk for you Monday. I'll talk to you on Monday, excuse me. It's Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.